Welcome again, vagrants, to another episode discussion. This week, what do you do when your ship has vanished into thin air and it's miles and miles and miles away from where you put it? That's right, we're talking episode 7. It's Sunshine Express Yourself, which originally aired May 14th, 2020. The director of the episode is Jim Garrard. It's written by Mariko Tamaki, based, of course, on the comic book by Magdalene Visaggio and Jason Smith. And this episode, in a nutshell, Alita leaves the team to take a scab job while Isaac and Amei battle hijackers on board a train. Okay, but my recap is the crew separates on the creepiest train ride of their lives. There's that line early in the episode, the ride of a lifetime is about to begin. And I'm like, that sure isn't an understatement here. Yeah, definitely not. So we've got the citizens seem nice enough. I mean, they don't, it doesn't seem like they're trying to be creepy, but man, are they. Um, They kind of, they're like an Oompa Loompa kind of just yellow instead of orange. Yeah, yeah, I see. I definitely see what you mean. I mean, it's one of those things where the look of the place is just very different from the reality of it. Like, you've got all these bright colors, and then everyone's just sort of going along with things. It's like a sort of kind of fake happy. Remember that one Paramore song from a few years back? Uh, you know, I don't, because I am, like, ten living ten years in the past. <laughs> Darn if I don't feel that sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, that was just like the first thing that came to mind for me when it, when I think about like the color scheme and the, the world of this episode. Yeah, for sure. So let's start off with the colors. Um, I mean, obviously the color is a little hard to miss, the main color yellow. Yeah. Um, as, as we just mentioned, the actual people are yellow. And even the um, the clothing is yellow, and the bubbles that float by just give the at the beginning of the episode it just gives this the hilarious feel of, of of light and happy, and we just see Alita's pissed off face, and then the train is such a bright yellow with the teal um, track or whatever it is. Seriously, just like the contrast between the downer mood of everything happening this episode and this supposed upbeat atmosphere, it's like they're doing everything they can to mask the fact that things are kind of rough here. And like, I just think of the news program they show on the train, too, at one point around the middle of the episode. They're just more focused on aesthetics and trying to keep the mood upbeat than they are with actually telling people what's going on. Like, ooh, the new leader is so handsome. (laughs) Just reminds me a lot of modern local news. Yeah, I worked in local news for over 10 years, so I I get that. Um, And yeah, the, the handsome leader, you can definitely tell that one reporter really has a, a, a crush on, on Lazaro. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you notice the bi-colors, the pink, blue, and white on that female alien bounty hunter's face? Yeah, I, I did notice. It's another one of those subtle little touches that you've got to appreciate. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Going back, there's 
so many yellow flowers. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to know where they found this place because, oh my goodness. It's beautiful. Have you ever been um, to like a, a, a sun sunflower field? I have not, but I'm convinced I need to get myself to one when all this that's going on in the world right now is said and done. Oh my gosh. it's It can be so beautiful. And of course, they stand, you know, six feet tall. So you can be just lost. They should do sunflower mazes, not uh, what corn... Hedges, hedge mazes. I, I would, I, I would pay to go through one of these. I would be that person that got lost. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the scene where the the bounty hunters fight um, the yellow sunshine people, they have this super pretty and colorful knife, and that I thought was really cool. I think it's uh, red and and yellow, if I recall. Just kind of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was cool. And then, of course, right after you see the, the pink blood splatter on the wall. But yeah, I mean, even sure. even space is so colorful. We were so used to just black nothingness. And there's a few shots of um, of space uh, with Elita in her spaceship in the past and present. Right. I mean, it's just so nice to see a fresh spin on these things we kind of take for granted when it comes to sci-fi. I mean, we've talked about all this before in, on the podcast, but it does bear repeating, and it goes to show that this is such a unique series. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, I've never seen the colors and, and stuff like that before. It's just amazing. Right. Yeah, so if I had to sum up this episode in one word, it would be alone. See, you see, you say that, and now I'm just hearing there's that one episode of SpongeBob where, where Squidward's just in that white void, and, he's, and all the voices like, alone. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. To be fair, I it's a seen, fun one. I haven't seen a lot of SpongeBob. Just kind of here and there, I'll, I'll catch it. Yeah, I feel that. I, I think we should make a drinking game. Anytime we say alone, take a drink of water, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yes, and hydration is important. <laughs> Stay hydrated. We don't want any of you to pass out on us now. Definitely not. So the, the name of the game is Emotions. I mean, yeah, everybody's alone, but everybody's feeling emotions. There are so many in this episode. It's, it's insane. First off, we start, like, right where we left off. I mean... It's almost like Elita is caught mid-sentence and she's just gathering her wits just to calm herself down with this ticket taker guy. But you can see the annoyance and the anger. And then you can see Isaac and Amay behind her looking just kind of forlorn. <laughs> right! <laughs> and, then, um, and then, of course, you know, Elita stalks off and Isaac... Uh, and a mayor step up, and he even says he can't fault the scam they've got going on here. But Elita's face as she snatches her ticket is priceless. And then, of course, a tiny Amita moment as, as a May watches her storm off, which is cute. Right. I mean, you can just tell that Alita is done, because at this point, she's basically a hostage to the Sunshine Express if she wants to get the hell on with doing her own thing. I mean... Much as she wants to get this over with, it's not over yet. That's true. Um, 
So the employees of the train are something else. I mean, we saw the ticket taker. <laughs> I'll say. But the uh, we get the have a many suns shiny day, which it leads me to believe that they might have more than one sun. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then there's that golden line, have a sunshine expressive day, like the cheesiness in this episode yeah. cannot be understated. Much like a certain show we all know and love. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> um, but then, you know, the, the ticket taker has this dramatic line uh, on, on the train. Uh, no ticket, you get shot in the face. And then this dramatic pause with sunshine. And I mean, who oh even knows? God. Oh, who knows what that means? You know, like what does it burn your face off? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure we want to know. Yeah, maybe not. Let's let's just leave that to our imaginations, I guess. Um, but this is this is where the team just uh, they start to split up. So Alita, once she's on the train, she heads off on her own, and that's I mean they have a conversation which we'll talk about later. Right, and I mean, again, it's that huge contrast between what the place looks like and feels like and what's actually going on with that team. It's that whole everything's all right kind of mood when really things are quite the opposite. Yeah, exactly. And let's talk about the music. It's horrendous. Um, The captions for it say quirky retro music on PA system. And I think they should have put something like mind-numbing, repetitive noise that barely qualifies as music. <laughs> See, if I were on that train, I, I would be finding the fastest way possible to short-circuit the damn thing so I didn't have to suffer through the music. Oh my gosh, yeah, it was pretty terrible. Um, but, <sighs> yeah, that's, that's something else, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'll say. Definitely not our uh, our elevator music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you can so you can tell a May is is sad just from the way that she snaps at that pig face guy with a dangerous pet when she and Isaac are looking for empty seats. And we don't even see the whole six cars of failure that came beforehand. Very true. Um, I, I love when Amei gets called over to the, to have that empty seat rather than Isaac. Um, it's, it, it's definitely not heteronormative and I love that. Same. And of course, Amei just has this conversation come so easily with this, you know, this stranger on the train that called her over. So now we have all three of them are split up. And we'll talk about each of their journeys on the train. But of course, there's a plenty of other stuff to talk about, too. Yes. So before we talk about the character journeys, let's talk about the past. Do we get flashbacks this episode? And the flashbacks are of a teenage Alita. So it's um, Adrian Ray that plays the teenage Alita. And the parallels from the past and the present are just super obvious and i love it Um, seriously saying yeah so eldaya is alone and scared present day alita isn't so much scared but there's definitely a lot of emotions as she grapples with choosing to be alone again after making these um these strong bonds of friendship with isaac and amay 
So we see, we start off, we see Alita's mom giving that trust only or selfish advice as she sends her daughter away. And I mean, we've seen all this before, but now we really get to see how much it all hurt Eldaya in the moment. Imagine being on your own in the middle of space like that for so long without anything but your thoughts to keep you company. Especially when your mom's just told you to trust nobody but yourself. And, it, and it's advice that's ringing just as true for her as we were talking about a moment ago in the past as it is in the present. Yeah, and I mean, that, that first scene, it starts so frantic. And then the captions go to somber spectral music and just it's so quiet before we hear stocks on the radio. And the ship that he's calling from is the Diplod. And I was just kind of thinking about it after I was taking notes and I was kind of doodling around it. And I'm thinking maybe it's an anagram for ID pod because the Republic knew that she was deployed in a pod and identified it as that particular one. So I can see it. I, I, I thought maybe that's of course, I, I don't have confirmation. I don't know for sure, but. That's just my view. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what is a show podcast without a little bit of speculation? <laughs> or a lot of speculation. <laughs> As it were. <laughs> that last scene, though, is, is perfect. It's the vastness of space and a close-up of Alita's face full of just alone. And then you cut to present-day Alita alone. And you really see, for lack of a better term, Alina's origin story right down to her making up her new name on the fly. And she just starts getting into this conversation with Stocks because there comes a point where we all just really sort of need that interaction, right? I, I mean, it's that's human. Well, or airy open, or, you know, it's clearly... It, it's, well, it's whatever a, it is. <laughs> clearly, it's, it supersedes all races. And I just think back, remember all those weeks when we were stuck in quarantine? I mean, even if Stocks' intents aren't good here, his bit where he talks about there being no need to be alone. I feel that. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, we still haven't seen friends. And, you know, it's it's now late August and we've been quarantined. I mean, a lot of us have been... I personally have been working, but we kind of shut down our state in March. And I know other people have shut down before that. So I, it's just been nuts, you guys. For anybody listening yes. later. <laughs> 2020, what a century. I know. Gems Foresight striking again, though, right? <laughs> yeah. So all these flashbacks just pound in the fact that she is so alone and then finally gets desperate enough to turn on that location. And then, of course, she remembers her mom's advice just in time to discover that the voice she's been hearing for two weeks already is her enemy. Right. I mean, it's a real mask-slipping moment there. I mean, the moment when, when, when he's like, I'll die. And, and she's like, I never told you my real name. And there's just that moment of dawning realization as she realizes she's been had. Yep. And, and that just sets up that tough exterior that she has. And we see, so we see that uh, newly tough, you know, Eldaya, Elita, that, she, you know, she's come up with her name and 
she realized that you can't trust anybody. And then we get to a shot of present day, present day Alita, who's already tough and, and hardened that exterior. And I, I love that. And Jem was the one who directed this episode. So kudos to her and as well as the entire editing crew. Yeah, I guess you could say they did a stellar job as ever. Definitely. But that's really it for flashbacks. Um, just seeing the evolution of Elita as she starts off a scared teenager and morphs into this person that who just doesn't trust anybody, especially lately. Right. I mean, after all that betrayal, can you blame her? Not really. <laughs> um, and obviously we've, you know, spent the last two episodes of her re-hardening that, that uh, or stealing herself up or however you want to say it. Right. But yeah, so before Elita sets off, let's go back to uh, getting on the train a little bit. Ame tries again to keep Elita with them, and they kind of have this moment, and you can see Elita can't bear to look at Ame, and just the emotion on her face screams broken. And they both have these kind of long stares. Elita has to look back before leaving the team because you know that she loves them you know that she cares for them but she just has this idea that she can't be a by you can't stay with them right and it sucks because you can tell Amay is trying to be the voice of reason here but alita is just so caught up in these emotions her feelings about everything that's happened that it's all kind of clouded up and you can see just how much losing Alita hurts for Ame. Yeah, it's heartbreaking for sure. Then we get Alita in the bar. And side note, why is the annoying music not happening? <laughs> That's it's right. a small it's a small thing. My my guess is maybe they don't want to scare the let's let's put everybody in the bar and make our money that way. There you go. I mean, <laughs> we we've already seen how expensive the tickets and all are. Why not Nickel and dime or unit in unit your customers (laughs) every way you can. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was funny that she ordered alcohol, but Adrian doesn't drink at all. I mean, what what, what what got me more in this scene was you can tell just how Donnelly is here. So because there's the bot tender, for lack of a better term, pardon (laughs) the word, pardon the word play. I love it. And, and the bot's just like, what What do you want? And she's just like, alcohol. And the bot's like, we have numerous types of alcohol. And she just shouts later, alcohol. It just interrupts interrupts the, the robot. <laughs> and it's just like, she's so done. Yeah. But she does run into Terex, who worked with her once. And, and she's the springboard of Alita's arc for this episode. She has a scab job that needs to get done, and Alita takes that escape once she learns it'll get to get her to Ariopa alone again. Right, and, and that's sort of exactly what she needs in a moment like this. Between the tiny little ship and, the, and all the units that come with the job, it's the sort of thing that can set her up to go on with her life on her own without really needing to rely on anybody else. Trust only yourself, after all. Yep, there's that advice from mom. So let's let's move on to her little quest. 
the guy with the ship strikes me as like uh, similar to a United States Republican with all that's going on. I mean, he says Lazaro seems all right, but we all know that Lazaro is more of a dictator than a leader. Right. I mean, we, we see all those parallels during the episode here. I mean, you've got a dictator who's got evil intent, some people who welcome it for what it is, people who see you right through it. And people who just don't really care. Welcome to the United States in convenient space form. Right, right. And I mean, it's one of the great things about um, about science fiction as a genre, though. Like we can have right. we can have these storylines um, that that relate that might actually be hard to talk about. But because it's space and anything is possible. I mean, it's, it's exactly. made Exactly. Yeah, I love Alita's super dramatic speech. <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> Same. The sh- and then the shot just cuts to the guy who is less than impressed, to say the least. Yeah, that definitely got a laugh out of me. <laughs> but we get a fun caption when she's in the ship, I thought, which was epic electronic music. And then she's off on her way to Ariopa. As far as we know, anyway. Right. So let's move on to Ame. We, le- we left We left her with a, a friendly stranger, which I don't even know if we got her name at all. I, I don't I, think we ever did. Um, we, 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 it might be on IMDb or something, but search yeah. us. We don't have a clue. Yeah, I guess we could have uh, put a little more effort and checked the credits, but... <laughs> This is... We we, we try our best to be professional, but we're not perfect, folks. Uh, no. (laughs) Far from, sometimes. (laughs) We're we're, we're just two fans who love the show and like talking about it. Yep, that's that's it. Period. The end. But the two hit it off, and I I just... I wish I had a fraction of Amaze's social skills. Same. Oh my gosh. She tells the this hilarious story of getting her pilot's license. So oh we, my god, right? Oh my god. Yeah, we so we hear the last part of it. I'd love to hear the whole thing sometime, but the last part of it is she took the test half naked, covered in Blagorian slime. Uh, and if that doesn't paint a picture, she finishes the story with saying that it, her first job was transporting the tr- the slime and trying not to throw up. Blah. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but seriously, we really get to see how much of a people person Amay is here. Not the first time we've seen it this season, of course, but... Not at all. You see how she can hit it off with basically anybody. Yeah, and without even trying, it seems like. Just flawless. So effortless. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. But flawless <laughs> we also <got> there. works. <laughs> I, again, just need a teeny tiny bit of that ability to talk with people. But you can see the the two flirting back and forth, and eventually a May gets asked out on a real date. You gotta give her credit. She has the most adorable hard eyes. Yeah. But it's, it's in this scene where she realizes that she loves Elita, and only Elita. And you just see the shift in that in her face as she realizes just how much she cares about her. Yeah. Um, so we get to see 
the best and most gracious turndown I have ever seen or heard. It's, it's so healthy how she reacts, completely understanding and encouraging, and I just want to play it because it's uh, such a great exchange between the two of them. So what brings you to the Sunshine Express? Well, my ship was towed. Ouch. Yeah. Not surprising. That happens a lot here. You live here? On Corello? <laughs> no. Here once a week for work. Huh. But there is this really great McTaxian bar at the next stop if you're hungry. You're asking me on a date? Yeah, I am. I'm sorry. I, I can't. I get it. McTaxian food can be pretty heavy. There is this Kafkarian place also. Not as good, but... You are funny and lovely and beautiful, but I can't. There's someone else. Yeah. Maybe, but no, I, I don't know. It's, she left, but she's still here. I have to go. I'm sorry. Don't be. This is fun. Good luck. I could just love that moment. And, and I love how you hear her realize that, hey, and not all is lost. She can tell she can still tell Alita how she feels. It's just a wonderful moment. Yeah, I mean, she knows that she's on the train. She's not, but she thinks that she's on the train at least. And so we, we get a May with this one-track mind just ready to find Alita to confess her love. And she runs into Terex and finds out that she's no longer on the train. And she's paying for that Im information with her communicator. So she gives Terex her communicator to learn that Alita is not there. And I mean, it's that feeling of desperation, that feeling of you'll do anything for the girl you love, right? Yeah, and that small price really bites Isaac in the butt later on, but... Oh, I'll say! What can you do? Speaking of Isaac, um, we so we see him grab a bag of snacks, looking just super depressed, sits in a mostly empty seat, and then we get to enter the scientist, uh, who's actually a steers... A steersologist, or as Isaac heard, a sad geologist, <laughs> which I just I think that's hilarious. Same. But she is not impressed with Isaac's food manners, or his prying, or his sleeping on her shoulder. But they do eventually realize they have a common enemy in Lazaro. So have you ever had a super annoying traveling neighbor or companion? Thankfully, no, but I know one of these days it's going to happen. Yeah, I have been lucky enough to not to also not have uh, somebody that annoys the crap out of me. <laughs> so that's good. So we also learn that Isaac maintains a, quote, well-manicured garden. And I just about died at that line. <laughs> I was like, just in that scene in general is such a gem. Oh my gosh, I know. I, 
I would play back the entire episode if I could, because there's so many moments. No, no discussion. We just replay the entire audio of the damn <laughs> of the damn episode. Right. Yeah. But, well, maybe not. All right. All right. Let's yeah, not well, get crazy Let's just here. keep on going with this. <laughs> um. So Isaac and the scientist uh, turn their heads at the same time when the bounty hunters show up. And thus begins the most confusing hostage situation ever. (laughs) I'll say. (laughs) And it's just beginning. But I love that uh, as the the resident Canadian, he says he needs poutine and maple syrup. Of course. And I kind of love how overboard Isaac goes and saying, don't move or I'll shoot her. You you can almost see a little bit of a Doc Holliday slipping (laughs) through there. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. And it all just sort of derails quickly from there till we get to the whole Canadian bit, which is just effing cold. Perfect. And then there's that moment later when he tries to call Alita, and Alita just lets it go unanswered. And I really think that goes to show the rift that's developed here. He just has to reckon with the fact that he's all alone now, and it it sucks. And they've all drifted apart. From one another and it's that question of what do we do now yeah and they're i mean they're all feeling that sense of isolation so of course a may walks in on this hostage situation and unknowingly gets caught up in it and again most confusing hostage situation ever but the oh, whole scene is truth hilarious <laughs> Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Alex McGregor mentioned this in an interview um, that the that hostage exchange walk was so excruciatingly slow for them. Yeah, Amy's whole what is going on in, in that scene? I felt that. Oh, I think we all did. And I mean, just her expressions and her walking and just her her body language, everything about that scene is just on point. Right. So anyway, in the end, we get the bad guys taken care of. The scientist joins the two and they escape from the train. Yay! If after avoiding the thousands of volts of laser-focused sunshine, anyway. Thank goodness. <laughs> I I don't even know how feasible the the jumping off the train it just it looks so fast and also is this common like jumping from the train we've already seen alita jump and now the three of them right i mean yeah yeah gotta wonder just how much shenanigans goes on there but i think it's also the suspension of disbelief point of things when you just have to say okay trust the writers trust the director they know what they're doing space is a pretty damn quirky place after all True, true. It's maybe it's just all a matter of gravity. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but we we get this sweet Isaac and Amay moment, and Amay feels so down, and Isaac tells her that they never deserved her. Aww. Oh. I mean, it really is just such a wonderful moment. They're both dealing with this new reality as best they can, and Isaac just sort of has to step in there and tell Amay. Hey, this isn't on you. This isn't your fault. Bro TP for the win. I know. They're so cute. Uh, Also, (laughs) he is the ultimate wingman. Uh, Isaac asked 
if Amei got the girl's number. And you see Amei has a smile and says no, but she just leaves it at that until a little later. So I'm going to skip ahead to that scene and let's listen to Amei pour her little feelings out to Isaac. Aww. If Alita was here, the scientist would be fine. She would have saved her. Let's go get him, that asshole. Anywhere else you gotta be? We're an engine, right? Wasn't that your metaphor? Spark cable? Plug. Right. But I mean, let's take down Lazaro together. You and me. I wish that she was here too. She's an important spark cable. Plug. Damn it. I think. I think that spark plug became something more to me, Isaac. More than just the device to fire the explosive mixture into the combustion engine, you know? More like the turbocharger. Like, like a fuse. I got it. That is the sweetest. Ah! It is. Isaac is such a hopeless romantic, too. It's so cute. Just everything is just adorable. So um, as far as with the scientist, we get a ton of background information on the steers ad and how powerful it can be if you have the know-how. And you really get an idea of the stakes here. Like, it's not just the, it's not just a planet at stake. It's not just a galaxy at stake. You could argue it's the entire universe at stake. Yeah. And of course, we can't, we can't not mention those, uh, those darn bounty hunters. <laughs> it doesn't take long before they catch up and the team decides that they hate the idea of getting shot. Imagine that. Gasp, shock, horror, and so on. <laughs> so now the big guns come out, and we get to see the power that the scientist has with her weapons. Talk about a badass moment. Yeah, definitely. And it really, it takes a lot of trust to just, eh, toss your thro their guns away, because, hey, this stranger tells you to. But, of course, Isaac and Amay are both pretty trusting people. Gotta love character developments. Yeah. Um, so once everyone is unarmed, bad guys and good guys alike, Amei realizes that they can fight on an even footing. So she grabs a rock and looks a little more than excited as the two of them just charge. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, talk about sticks and stones and breaking bones, right? Oh, I'll say... I mean, I just love how empowered they are in that moment. It kind of looks like the manassery rubbed off on them. Yeah, and, and that's where the mannequin challenge comes in. So we get, uh, Amei actually has a pretty aggressive rather than a scared look on her face this, this time around. And I love it. Me too. Um, but despite the battle, scientist gets taken anyway. But on the plus side, Amei and Isaac escape with their lives... Thanks to the bounty hunter exacting justice for Trev. And I think that's something I appreciate about this episode is for, for all they're villainized in this episode, these bounty hunters are just 
people trying to do their best to survive in a shitty world and a shitty system and when one of them lost their life over that struggle to survive i mean can you blame her for feeling how she feels no not really i mean she she's devastated it's and that's clear um so may and isaac finally reach the end of the line on foot only to find out that the ship isn't there and I think that we all need a dedicated sadness area these days. <laughs> so true. Um, oh my oh, god. Yeah, to say the least. I mean, yeah, just so many dedicated sadness areas are needed. But let's talk the bad guys. Um, I didn't really have a whole lot to let's. say. Uh, for this section, to be honest. I mean, we don't see Lazarus a whole lot, um, but we do get a couple of scenes. So we see that he's primping for his press conference while Admiral Rykal is... Is she still an admiral? Uh, who knows? Uh, yeah, yeah, who knows? We'll figure this all out eventually. <laughs> but um, she practices her speech and... Again, fantastic job by Robin Scott, who has Absolutely. to act like she's possessed by the Steers ad and and act just emotion. It, it, I mean, you guys have all seen the episode, right? It's amazing. Right. I mean, you can just tell that Lazaro has really embraced this power. I mean, you you, you see the stylist cutting his fingers off. You see Raikal struggling her way through her apology and so on and it's just you, you can tell who's in charge here yeah and I, I gotta say one of my favorite scenes is when we get to see all the planets watching tv so you can see like zyja and grebus and and everyone that's watching what's what's happening and again reichel's completely blank stare as she reads that speech she was practicing which i think she got marginally better at delivering so, yeah. the practicing then, paid off. Yeah, and then there's just that whole press conference where he's making it clear that he means business and that he intends to end the systems of oppression, or so he says, anyway. I mean, really, I mean, you, you see the banner with his face on it come down. You, you, it's all about him more than anything else. Yeah, uh, reminds me of absolutely no one. Hmm, I, 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 no, it's not ringing any bells here. Yeah, I'm sure nobody's done that, especially in, uh, in present day. I mean, that just... Yeah, especially you know. not in the last five years. Um, yeah. So, let's get the team back together, shall we? Let's! We see Amaze's excitement at, at seeing the ship, and Elita's happiness at seeing them, and just everyone is so happy! I, and I love seeing them like that. I do, too. Um, then we get the mature and incredibly succinct speech that makes me giggle, mostly because it hits mm. so close to home for me. Listen, um, being alone used to feel normal and safe. And now it doesn't. Not being alone would feel less sucky. Even when the people you're with sometimes do sucky things. In my head, that was way more articulate. 
Being vulnerable isn't a weakness. It's a strength. It's me. I am that awkward Alita. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's such a good moment. Like, it's the, the moment where we really get an idea of, okay, what what's the lesson to be learned here in it? And it, even if it is kind of awkward, it really is heartfelt. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's, it fits her character, for sure. And... And it's, I mean, it's what she has to say, and it's perfect. And Amay thinks it's perfect as well. You know, you can, everybody's, everybody's happy. It's just. Right. Um, in any case, the team is back together, and Elita asks to join them on, on their ship. Like, she calls it their ship, and she asks permission instead of just, you know, assuming it's her ship still. And, I mean, it's, it's definitely mm-hmm. a shift because all the feelings conveyed with the with the new resolutions, um, it just it makes for a stronger team overall. And they have decided to be together, and they are ready to take on Lazaro together. And I'm just here like, hell yeah, Winnie Squad forever! Ah, I love it. Winnie Squad. Perfect. So we end the show, the episode, on a scene with the parking authority. And I'm sure it means nothing, right? Especially, no, not at all. Especially with the last caption reading, dramatic drumming music. No worries. No worries. Nothing to worry about. Yeah, surely this won't be, I don't know, the big plot device of the next episode. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. That's the end. Let's get to our favorites. So as far as lines go, my favorite line, it was hard to decide. Oh, absolutely. There are so many. But I love the being vulnerable isn't a weakness. It's a strength. But the whole analogy of the turbocharger is great. And if we're going to go for comedy, I also love this is a mother chucking robbery. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I agree with you completely on the weakness line. As far as comedy, it's not necessarily... A specific line, but I'm a fan of Isaac going as Canadian as he can get with all the maple syrup and the poutine and all. Yeah, I guess I, I, I think speaking of Isaac, I really loved the, um, what do you do for a living? I mind my own business. Oh, what kind of business? That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just right over his head, right? So... As far as highlights, the episode highlight, I I mean, it's got to be the scene where they reunite. Right. Just the scene where everything's finally back on track. Yeah. Everything is right in the world again. Yay. So we only add one death. Well, I guess, do the, do the laser beams of sunshine, do they kill? I don't know. I guess it, the, the blood looks pretty real. Maybe we'll add two. Yeah. Um, well, three. So we, we'll add three. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a character that we were just introduced to in, in this episode. It was, the, of course, the bounty hunter, Trev. So let's let's see what our previous deaths were. Uh, Ered, Clive, Nim, the Nim, Dunkrum. Dunkrum, Dengar, Crom, Admiral Kavara, the whole dinner party. It's just a whole laundry list at this point. Yep, so we've got 17 as far as our total we're up to. And we still got three episodes left, y'all. Oh, yeah. And the big bad isn't even taken care of yet. So we, we're... 
Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> We're headed for more death. I, I can feel it. But to sum up the episode in a nutshell, I mean, it, it, it's a good, fun episode. And it, and it does, like I said, get things back on track. So I give it eight and a half very brightly colored trains. I love it. I give it nine and a half sad geologists. <laughs> so that's the episode. So we gotta talk ratings. Uh, Hate it. Episodes, (laughs) episode seven clocked in at 189,000 viewers, which was down 19,000 from episode six. And it came in 121st among all the new cable broadcasts that Thursday. Among viewers 18 to 49 in the ratings, it ticked up a hundredth of a point to point zero four. I mean, what's there even really to say at this point? I mean, the fight was in full swing by now, and of course, it's far from over, as you know. Yes. Hashtag save Vagrant Queen is still a thing, yada yada yada, you know the drill. Yep, we're not giving up on this thing. We are not. And join our Discord server if you want to help us keep the fight going, that'll be... In our show notes. In our show notes. And, I mean, even if you don't want to contribute to the hashtag Save Vagrant Queen, I don't know why you wouldn't, but just come on by and hang out with us, you know? Right. I mean, we're we're a fun bunch of people. I think so, yeah. But let's shout out, speaking of fun people, some of our lovely fandom creators. This time, we'll highlight some fanfic authors. So, Rachie D is on Twitter at Lubug07, and you can search AO3 for Jeep Girl. That's J-E-E-P-G-R-R-L. And she's got some, some cute little, uh, little fluff pieces. Um, as well as <laughs> Tammy, who's on Twitter at Tammy Rodell. And she's also on AO3 as Tammy underscore grateful. So that's T-A-M-M-Y underscore G-R-A-T-E-F-U-L. So if you want to nominate someone you think should be featured, please let us know. Yes, absolutely. We love to share the fandom's talents, and we also love to read and watch and look at everyone's work ourselves. I am in awe. (laughs) Seriously. And and of course, if you've got comments for us about the podcast, the show itself, the episodes we're talking about, give us a ring. We'll have all the information for you in just a minute here. We have a viewer mailbox for a reason. We love to hear it. Let us know. But thank you for listening to our discussion. Christine? I am at RetroTimeLady on Twitter. And as always, you can find me at OnlyOneLea on Twitter and Instagram. That'll wrap up, wrap things up for this episode. Shocker, next time we're not talking episode 8. No clue, and I emphasize the word not there. Gasp. Instead, as many of you who watch the show know... The, the movie Clue inspired the episode No Clue in many ways, and so we're going to be talking about the movie Clue, and that's going to be especially exciting for me, who's never seen the movie before now, so we, we always say we're looking forward to it, but I'm especially looking forward to this one. I am looking forward to hearing fresh eyes 
on the movie. It's going to be it's so much gonna fun. It's going to be fun. I mean, Tim Curry, you can't go wrong. Damn right. You can keep listening to hear about all the different ways you can support our dispatches. For now, though, until the next dispatch from Zygestation or from the movie world. On Earth. <laughs> this Earth. Earth. Yes. Earth, as it were. <laughs> Uh, this has been a podcast from another galaxy. Not, Not yours. We are a fan-driven podcast, which means you help us do what we do, so we appreciate any way you can show your support for our work. You can find us on Twitter at Pod. that's X-I-J-A-D-I-S-P-A-T-C-H-P-O-D. There you can find current news about Vagrant Queen, our podcast, and many other things happening in the fandom. You can also support us on a long-term or short-term basis through Patreon. Your subscription there helps us cover expenses for the podcast, whether it's hosting costs or giveaways or anything else that makes us the best fan space it can be. To find us on Patreon and to get more information, just go to patreon.com and search Zyja, X-I-J-A. And of course, as a fan podcast, we want to hear from you, the fans. Our email is vagrantqueenpod at gmail.com. You can send us a text or voice recording, whether it's about what's happening on the episode, your thoughts on the show as a whole, or what we're doing here on the podcast. This is an inclusive space, so send us your comments or feedback and make yourself heard. Finally, Podbean hosts new episodes of our podcasts. That's where you can go to find the latest episodes of our programs and keep up to date on what's happening in our galaxy. We also have transcripts available if you need them. That's at zygestation.podbean.com. Till next time, Zygestation, over and out. Speaking of Isaac. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's talk about Isaac, shall we? Let's move on to his story. Um, we <laughs> see... <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I, I think I'm fine. <laughs> Pull yourself together, Christine. <laughs> She's so done. Yeah. But she... Bleh.